Hello and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. And I'm Len Foote. And welcome to the program. You are listening live from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois. The crowd is ready for baseball. The crowd is ready in particular for a special, special place uh, where baseball is played every year. Probably one of the signature stadiums, not only in Major League Baseball, but probably in all sports. Um, It's hard to come up with a more iconic uh, stadium, at least in the United States, more iconic than Wrigley Field. And that's going to be the subject of our podcast episode tonight. Basically, it's what are your favorite memories of Wrigley Field? And it's really not often that, you know, when you talk about like, uh, you know, a team that uh, it's, it's home ballpark gets, you know, as much attention and is discussed as much as the team, if not more. Uh, in baseball, I think you've got Fenway. More and more, there's Dodger Stadium, but you know, um, you don't hear about not not that much. I think it's benefited because it's one of the older stadiums now in baseball. I think it's the I think only Wrigley and Fenway are the only ones older than than uh, Dodger Stadium. Really? Some, I think so. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear about some of the newer stadiums and how beautiful they are. Uh, Camden Yards. Is Fantastic. Awesome. Camden Yards is great. I love Camden Yards. Um, uh, the uh, Pittsburgh uh, PNC Park, everyone says you got to go to that place. Um, uh, same with uh, the new Tiger Stadium, Comerica Park up in Detroit. Everyone says that's not to, uh, that's not to be missed. Um, the Giants uh, Stadium, which is, I believe, right downtown. Uh, Pac Bell Park, I think it's called. I can't remember the name of the Giants uh, Stadium, but everyone yeah, says yeah, that might be it. Everyone says that's worth going to. Um, so some of those newer ones, but I think Wrigley absolutely stands apart because, and we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about why that is. Uh, tonight, we'll talk about some of our favorite memories at Wrigley Field, um, both our personal memories. I've, I personally, and Len, I know you've been going a lot longer than me, but I was thinking about it as I was prepping for this episode and meeting with my staff. Well, they're on vacation, but... Um, You're on vacation last week. Well, they, they needed uh, more time away. Um, so I, I had to hire Griselda, only Griselda really loves me. Um, and, uh, she's part-time. And so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, right now, Len is sitting with his head in his hands, um, and just rubbing his brow with in total exasperation. Disgusted. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so who goes on vacation for two weeks? People who need self-care. Uh, I know that doesn't uh, jive with your 24-7 approach to productivity. Um, but there's more than one way to skin a cat. I like to get things done. 
we get it done, just not in a way that's any, uh, you know, we're still working on getting, working through Rolling Stone's top 500 uh, albums of all time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're in the sure. 200s. Mm -hmm. I was done one <laughs> two years ago. Our reviews are more complete and more thorough. We take the time to think about them. Excuse me. Uh, anyway, when I was talking with my Griselda, who's the only person left, uh, I reflected that I went to my first Cubs game when I was 18. And I would estimate that I've gone to at least one game ever since. I'm 53 now. And at least one. And oftentimes it's two or three. Yeah, so, so you've probably seen at least 50. Yeah, easy. Easy. Yeah. Um, and uh and it's just it's a you know it's a it's a great, great, great place to watch a baseball game. And uh I think, and I'll just start with you know, why is Wrigley Field so revered and why is it occupy such a spot? in like the, like the, you know, I don't like to say mythology of baseball, but why is it so popular? And I think there are a lot of reasons. I think one, first, obviously the uh, historical appeal. It's mm -hmm. fun to go to a, a park and think, wow, Hank Aaron played here and Willie Mays played here. Babe Ruth played there. And all the way back to Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. And uh, just take your pick of any National League star going back, you know, as far as, you know, Wrigley Field has uh, been in existence. So you just, John, John McGraw, the Giants manager, managed at Wrigley. I mean, you know, you're going back that far. Um, so that's neat to think about. Um, so that, and then the, the park itself hasn't changed very much. It's we, you and I were talking about this at Jag Bags night at Wrigley, uh, last week, cause they showed a couple of old highlights, mm -hmm. Billy Williams hitting the home run off Bob Gibson mm -hmm. and, um, and they showed the highlights of him running the bases at Wrigley. And you're like, it looks the same. It looks the exact same yeah. then as it does now, just in terms of the way it's laid out, the scoreboard, the, the, the manual scoreboard in straightaway center, the IV, obviously the IV mm -hmm. is, uh, but then like the lettering on the, on the, um, uh, the, the 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 poles the the stanchions that go all around the stadium um and then the shadows you know we've all been to Wrigley when uh you know that on late games when it's getting darker and uh, and the way that that felt um and uh those are just on the marquee the the the, the marquee in front um which you see eight billion times it's world famous. So it's something to see. It's something. It's one thing when you see it on TV all the time, and then you're there, 
And finally, the last thing I'll say is it's it's in the middle of a neighborhood. So it's cool to walk through like a city and see all the where people live and shop and you know go out to eat. And then all of a sudden you're you're all of a sudden you're on this fam- world famous ballpark. And it's yeah, it's, it's a uh, neighborhood. It's not, that's like, cool. That's too. the mistake I think some of the new stadiums make when they put them out somewhere where there's a lot of room and easy to get to, but there's nothing around it. Right. Really, you are you're in you're in a neighborhood. Yep. And if you're younger, you can go out after the game. There's a million places to go. Yep. If you're even if it's like a day game, you can walk around the neighborhood. You're you can hop on the L and go downtown after a game. It's Perfect. just there's everything there. You're next to the lake. Yep. It couldn't be in a better spot. This is true. It's so true. And I think we talked about this on Jagbags Night too. Is the big scoreboards that they put in somehow didn't affect the ambiance of when you walk in because they were smart. They left up the center field scoreboard and even adding like the Gallagher way thing, even that seems to fit, fit in. The only thing I complain about is the big building blocks your view from when you're walking from Irving Park. So now I can't see the park when I'm walking from parking my car. That's the only thing I don't like. Right. I blame Swift and Sons for that. (laughs) They personally (laughs) led the architecture and said, make this building block every view. Yeah. That's that's one thing. That's the only thing new that I didn't really like. Um, you know, when, uh, anything else that I forgot to add about, you know, like what, I mean, it's a tourist attraction, mm-hmm. you know, that baseball fans in all, I mean, all over the country, if they're going to go on a baseball trip, they're going to put Wrigley on there. Absolutely. It's a, they're going to want to see it. Yeah. yeah. And That's even fun. the fact that the Cubs hadn't won for so long might have added to the mythology because they were this you thought this was a cursed team and then they finally broke the curse so there's there's something to be said for that too it kind of kept them in the conversation all the time and then and and you know it ended in the late 80s but for a while it was the only ballpark where you could that with, with no lights right so there's yeah. always been a lot of different things about the Cubs yeah, that add, to the, add to the uniqueness of it and the appeal of going there. What was your opinion when they, I know we talked about, about this a little bit at Jagbags night, but when they first floated the idea of putting lights in Wrigley, what was your initial reaction to it? And then did that change at all? I just think it's, it was just like anything it's like how is this going to affect how i feel about the park and the night games are great and even (laughs) henry said that to me on sunday he goes i feel like the night games are more exciting everything's lit up and and it just at night there's just more energy yep so i know there are Way back when, there were sticklers that just didn't want lights at all. 
but there's people on the other side of it saying, let's not play 81 day games, 81 home day games. There was a theory that that was what was wearing the Cubs out, was not playing any games at night. They were playing all these day games and getting sapped, and even a great team like the 84 team just couldn't get it done. Uh and they were saying they were speculating too that it was hurting free agency too because for that very reason no one wanted to come and play there because it screwed up their clock even after they installed the lights they still played a significant amount of day games yeah more than most teams mm-hmm. and uh, it's only been recently that they for the last ten maybe fifteen years that they've played a normal schedule like every, all the other rest of the teams. Yeah, I think Don't it was just a lot of, amount of day games. Right. It just took a lot of negotiating, I think. Right. And realizing this is going to bring a lot of money into the neighborhood and we'll figure it out with the police and traffic and everything else that could affect what's going on. And they worked it out. Would you ever uh, sneak out of work and like pretend to be sick and then go to the Cubs game? <laughs> Lower. No. I, I did that once I had, I went out to lunch my first year and a guy on my floor was like, we were having lunch and he goes, Hey, I gotta, I'm leaving to go to the game. And he's like, just come with me. Just call and say you don't feel well. And it was a Friday and I was like, I don't have a lot going on. He's like, do it. He goes, this is a time-honored Chicago tradition. You're not a real Chicagoan unless you call in sick and then play hooky at a Cubs game. I said, <laughs> You're right. You only live once. I'm doing it. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. I, I work retail most of the time. So my schedule helped because I was off on Fridays a lot. Oh, then, so, and then you could go. So I had two, I had, so in the eight, like 84, Anthony DeAndre, who was our baseball expert, who does yes. our baseball preview every year, me and him and Brian Sador, and then sometimes our friend Rob, we went to the bleachers all the time in right. 84, because you could just show up and kick it. And then later, it was me, Dan, Oaken. Joe Donatello, Nick, JC, and Reg. We went almost every Friday for a long time. Also, tradition. We'd, we'd just go to the bleachers almost every Friday. The Cubs were in town. Also, day games. Also, yeah, day- yeah, you're right. There were day. There were all day games. Yeah, but I was off, so I could just go all the time, and it wasn't expensive. Whew, that's another. You know, it's too bad because you know. Our kids, not that our kids, if our kids were into baseball, not that they are, yeah. <laughs> um, but if they were, uh, that's kind of like something that they can't really do because like you and, you know, all those guys are able to, because A, those day games are not there and B, tickets cost an arm and a leg and who's got that kind of money to go every Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but- and with the later years, like when we were in our 20s, that was just like, all right, show up, go to the game, and then hang out all night in Wrigleyville. I mean, what a what a great day. Yeah. I mean, fine way to spend because it's all right there. Mm-hmm. So and then, and then you stumble to the L and go home. Mm-hmm. 
Um, uh, so, and I, so I and and that gets back to the neighborhood, and you know you can't really do that um, in most places. Some some uh, like uh, on the south side, you wouldn't want to. <laughs> you, you go to uh, a Sox game, and then you immediately get the hell out of there and go someplace else. Um, although that's changing a little bit, but it's still not a place you can just walk around willy nilly and, you know. Yeah. And I, like I said earlier, I just think that's something when you're building a new stadium, you got to consider, okay, is this going to be, if there's a lot of stuff to do besides go to the game nearby, you're going to be more successful. I agree. Because people know that they can spend the whole day there then. They're trying to mimic, I feel like a lot of teams, and they've done this with Gallagher Way now, where they've blocked off the streets and, uh, you know, you can walk on these streets and go to like Murphy's Bleachers or um, some of these other, uh, you know, the, the, the place that they built up, you know, Swift and Sons and Smoke Daddy and all these, the bowling alley and um, they, you know, it, it, it's they've made it more walkable, and yeah. they do that at Fenway Park as well. Yeah, I don't know about the other stadiums. I forget whether they did it in Baltimore or not. I went, but I went right after college, so I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how Baltimore is now. In Cleveland, there a couple couple times, but that was the '90s. So, right. I know that in Cleveland they're trying to do it. I'm not sure how successful it is, but mm-hmm. they're definitely trying to because that's also right downtown you yep. know trying to uh you know they've, they've made a walkable sidewalk and they have a lot of food trucks around so um you know it's it's tough because attendance is down there um i think that even this year with them playing so well that's i hate when that happens it's it's not good and i think there are a lot of reasons for it um, the one that you hate to think about is the name change, but there are mm-hmm. a lot of people that are upset about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, winning cures all ills. So, you know, maybe they'll come back now that they're in the playoffs, but, yeah. but I think this Gallagher way, what do you think of Gallagher way? This brand new. Brand I do. Way? I really like it. I, I really do. Like it. Yeah. It's a nice little area and it feels, like I said, it feels the same. It does. They did a nice job. Mm-hmm. Do you think the additions are too kind of corporate where you see a lot of guys walking around and you're like, okay, they're here on the expense account. And, um, you know, it's- I don't think I go enough where I get a feel for what the crowd is all the time. I mean, I usually go two or three times a year. I mean, right. if I went more often, maybe I would get that. Cause some people write, were writing things like that. Oh, the people that go there now. And I'm like, are you there a lot where you can tell what the crowd is every night? I felt like the crowd we were last night was like your typical bunch of kids running around high schoolers that were just on their own when we went or yeah, just on that Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the crowd yesterday, Sunday afternoon was great. It was such a, I mean, everyone was very happy to be there. Festive crowd. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about Wrigley is sometimes it's a criticism is that they're always going to show up no matter what. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they love the Cubs, but, you know, whether they're, you know, in contention or they're losing 90 games, people are going to show up. Mm -hmm. 
And um, to me, I think it's much better to play for a full house that's into the, you know, into the game than it is to play for eight, 10,000 people. That can get depressing. Yeah, and and that was on the scoreboard yesterday. There's like Ian Happ saying, thanks everyone for coming out this year. Right. And the look on Wisdom's face at the end of the day, just staring right. out in the crowd and just kind of amazed by that because he's only been on the team for a couple of years. And how I think that's just almost in general, sometimes people are just shocked how Chicago shows up. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that, um, you know, you and I both, we just kind of like posted the um, question kind of innocuously on our Facebook page and just said, what are your favorite memories of of, of Wrigley Field? And uh, the response was just huge for both of us. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, yeah. And you know what I want to say about that is if someone would have asked me my questions, I mean that question. I would have I would have thought about specific games, but except for maybe Colin, our friends Colin and Kevin, who mentioned the Montero Grand Slam game. Yeah, everybody else wasn't talking about the games. They were just kind of talking about how it felt to be there. Sure. So I thought that was interesting. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, remember when so I was there, Homer or Sosa hit his homer. It wasn't that. It was all yeah. about hanging out there and going there with your friends or with your family. So that kind of sums it up. It wasn't specifically baseball oriented. It was just the fun of actually being there. Yeah. I noticed it too. Is that how most of your responses were? Yeah. You know, uh, some of, well, some were like, kind of like, um, you know, it was interesting. Like our friend, Bruce, um he's a Sox fan though does this does it count it does not so what I'm about to say is completely invalid so (laughs) he uh he got he got a a friend of his got uh, tickets like literally right behind home plate um where he watched Maddox face off against uh, the Marlins and Dontrell Willis Mm -hmm. um and uh so that's a specific memory Right. Because that was of a game. Plus, they had unbelievable seats. Um, but another friend of ours from the factory, um, I thought his response was great, where he wrote, my, my grandfather and my great-uncle Louie would take me and my sister when we were little. At the time, the kids got in free, and around the fourth inning, they would unwrap fresh capicola and provolone and fresh bread and make sandwiches for us and anyone around us. Um, so I don't understand, like, did they just like take it, did his grandfather and uncle Louie would like come in with a bunch of like bread and provolone yeah. and start making sandwiches? I don't think they were strict back then. I love it. Bring all that stuff in. Yeah. That's, that's such a great story. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then of course there are also, uh, people who, uh, another friend of ours said he got thrown out of the bleachers <laughs> for teenage drinking <laughs> on the first uh, official night game. Do you know? <laughs> so 84, I was 18, and my friend Rob was 19. I remember one game, it was me and him and Anthony and Brian. And 
the only one of us who drank was Rob. And these girls sat by us. They were in their mid-20s. They kept giving them beers. <laughs> just, they didn't care. They're like, here you go. No. Yeah. The, another friend of ours was, was sent to the uh, Wrigley Jail for drinking underage. <laughs> I was like, I would love to see the Wrigley Jail. <laughs> There's still time, Dave. There's still time. Well, I, a life, life goal for you. Regular visitor uh, <laughs> to uh, uh, the Wrigley Jail for various offenses. Uh, I barely escaped the jail on uh, Jag Bags Night for my uh, unkind comments about uh, SD Curos. Yeah. Um, so I was, there still may be litigation in that, babe, just so you know. Unworried, uh, frivolous. Uh, but uh, yeah, I thought it was. Uh, we also had some. Uh, I had in mind some who were employees. Uh, our friend Colin worked as an usher. Yeah, ticket taker. Mm -hmm. um, we have another friend, uh, Chaz, who was an usher. Um, who worked there in the late eighties, and uh, and then another friend of ours uh, was a uh, food and beverage. She uh, worked behind the counters. Um, yeah, and then I had another guy who, he's a Sox fan, but he worked at Wrigley for a while and met the brick houses. Like after he was done announcing, they came to some event. He's like carving meat for the brick houses. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty cool. And we had friends who worked on the rooftop too. It might still work there, right? I've now we haven't even talked about the rooftop. Uh, but yeah, our friends Joe. That's another thing. Yeah, that's another thing. Joe Chaz, Peter Marcy, so many guys worked at that um rooftop. In fact, uh, I, I've been to two, I went to one rooftop game there, but they were all inside. So I went in and didn't watch the game. So I don't count that because I was in there eating and drinking. Uh the other uh, time uh, was from uh, McCartney show at Wrigley, and sat there, and that was awesome. And then, and then there was a time like in the early '90s when I was up on the rooftop, but and that was hilarious because that was when someone from work was like, "Yeah, I know a buddy who knows a guy." We just show up at the door and give them the secret code. I don't even know how we got up there, but. You know, we're we're walking to someone's apartment and they're like, oh yeah. 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 And we went up and it was like somebody had somehow sneaked up like one of those like rafters that you see at like high school basketball games. It was like a four or five row. You just sat on it. And there was like there's like a couple sandwiches that I think people had donated. And I looked at those, it was like, no thanks. Those look ice cold. Uh and they had a couple kegs. And so you got some free beer and you tossed them a couple bucks, you know, to help cover expenses. And you watched in, in those seats, by the way, you can't even see what you can't even follow what's going on. Or I couldn't from my vantage point. Uh, those were overlooking right field. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the last rooftop game I went to was uh, Javi, Javi Baez's first career home run. 
Wow. And uh, so we were on the rooftop and I barely saw it. He looked like a little tiny guy hitting this little. Yeah. I won tickets, I think, at a factory rooftop Lunch party. Yeah. That's cool, though, because you sit there, sit out there, you can walk inside, get some food, come back great. out. Yeah. It was great. But that's another thing that other places don't have. That was that you're watching the game and you look out and outside of the stadium, there's people in bleachers watching the game from outside the stadium. It's another cool thing about Wrigley. It is. It seemed a little cooler when it was just people that were so interested, they would sit up on a rooftop so they could follow the action. Yeah. I felt towards the end, it was sort of like a little corporate and then people were throwing so much money at those rooftops. Some of those Mm -hmm. rooftops were like, they were ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that's how it is now because they realize how much money they can make. Absolutely. And you also you got uh, the ball hawks, too, the people that come early for batting practice. And that, that's right. Cool. get balls from that's know, batting cool. practice home runs. Yeah. That's been going on forever, too. Forever. And it's even easier for them now because the traffic's cut off. They don't have to worry about a, getting hit by a car. <laughs> Yeah. They're chasing down a, a baseball. Uh, yeah, I mean, and well, the bleachers we talked about too, because the bleachers was more of a anybody can get in thing. Yep. I mean, I wonder. I, I think that might have stopped. Might have gone on for pretty long. Maybe it was mid to late nineties when it all of a sudden you couldn't just show up and get a ticket. Yeah, right. Doing that, especially when you're younger, you could just it might have only been like four bucks or something way back in the I don't know if that was the eighties, but I don't remember it being much because I never had any money. So I know it couldn't have been too much. And we just go there and, and hang out. And always so much fun. I, I have only sat have you sat in the bleachers in a long time? Oh my god, no. I don't think I could I think I'm too old now for the bleachers. I think I'd sit out there six years ago because my friend sean had tickets but, but yeah i'm usually not in the bleachers anymore yeah I was... <laughs> the 80s and the 90s eight billion times all the time yeah <laughs> it was so they, were cheap, they were cheaper and it was really fun and i remember just <laughs> the bleachers another thing going for wrigley is there's a play there's i don't know how well people know it now but the bleacher bums play yep pretty famous play very famous. And you kind of felt it too when you were younger because there's always that sense of dread that the Cubs were going to do something to lose the game. Right. I remember being in the bleachers once and the Pirates had some guy named Doug Froebel. Terrible player. But of course, he's a Cubs. He two homers against us and we lost because <laughs> we couldn't get Doug Froebel out. <laughs> that's, just how, that's just how it was back then. You were you were there. You're gonna enjoy yourself. You're rooting for your team, but you always were like something's gonna happen, and we're not gonna <laughs> not gonna win. And it was a scene too. Um, you know, it's it's like a, I mean, and they've also been criticized for it, but I didn't mind. It was like it was a party. You know, you're hanging out with your friends. You're all drinking beer. Of course it is. And uh, yeah. the mm-hmm. the people uh, in front of you are characters, and you maybe you get into it a little, and it's all friendly. Mm-hmm. And uh, although not so, not sometimes it wasn't friendly. I've seen 
And sometimes you saw a few it. times people getting kicked out of the bleachers. Did you ever see a fight? Did you ever see a fight at uh, Wrigley? I never. Um, not like I mean fights, but not ones that were bad. Like fist Just fight ones that got broken up. Maybe some guys didn't get taken out of the bleachers because of it. Yeah, but nothing scary. No, wasn't no. like going to see war pigs and half the bar disappears after a giant. <laughs> nothing to that level. I always go because uh, yeah. I want to see a fight, but just to watch from a creepy voyeur kind of standpoint. But I mean, I remember there was an obnoxious Cardinals fan in the bleachers one day, and these two guys like went and sat next to him and just were like bothering him the whole time. And I'm like, yes, he is a Cardinals fan. Yes, he is obnoxious, but you guys are being lunatics. And they got kicked out. Right. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. I get it, but you don't go that far. There was uh, my favorite, uh, and it wasn't, it was a, um, the only verbal altercation I saw made me laugh so hard. There was a guy who was in front of us who was like, he just cursed like a sailor. I mean, he was just like, he'd had a few beers and all he did was just F-bombs and you name it. And finally, there was there was a guy there with his two kids behind us, and he just couldn't take it anymore. And he, and I swear to God, he said, "Hey, you want to watch your mouth? Okay, these are my fucking kids." <laughs> <laughs> yep. And the whole place busted out laughing. Yeah, and- I feel like it. It's almost like an evolution of where you sit. So when I was a kid seemed like upper deck or yeah my uncle would hit we'd sit like in it my uncle took me all the time i'll get to that i'll get to my first cubs game in a little bit and like the terrace and that and then the 80s and 90s is non-stop bleachers yeah and then now it's you're always you're never in the bleachers anymore you're where you can get your tickets right so but yeah i mean the bleachers was so fun so fun when you're that age and you have all that energy and you're with all your friends. And you're like, and you're I like, keep, I keep wanting to say this too is <laughs> there's like just saying ridiculous things to whoever's playing the outfield. Oh like, my God. Like JC would be Tony Gwynn's playing the outfield. And he's like, Tony Gwynn's got a big old butt, got a big old butt. <laughs> <laughs> we were, did you ever hear of the Harudi thing? Yes, it's a classic story. What's wait? What's what's the story? You tell, you tell it. Well, I don't. I, it's not really a story. It's just something that we would do every every Friday. It was uh, well, Joe Donatello would do it. We would all sing this song because <laughs> because Joe, <laughs> our late friend Joe Donatello, he would always call people Harudis. Yes, well, Harudis, but we embellished it to huh rudy because of his habit of putting huh the, before every other word even though he didn't really but anyways but it's a it's, i think it has something to do with fat albert part of the legend i think it had something to do with fat albert like the character rudy on fat albert but i don't really know i always heard it second and third hand but <laughs> but we would be in the bleachers <laughs> just singing stuff like my name is huh rudy my name is huh rudy 
And then we'd all go, oh, Rudy. And people we didn't know would join in. So we'd have the whole bleachers singing stuff. They don't even know what we're talking about. Right. That's how it felt like in the bleachers. It was just high energy and a lot of fun. Well, you right. guys were a lot of disappointment back then, too. I mean, the Cubs made the playoffs once in the 90s. The 80s right. were a little better because they had two division titles. So there was a chance that – do you ever go to any, like, big, big games? I went to two big games. Probably my number one memory is – so, 1998, last day of the season. It's – the Cubs – the Cubs, I think, are playing the Astros. The Giants, I think, are playing the Rockies. Laura Oaken, John Kachukas, and some other people went to a bar. I'm like, I'm watching at home. I don't want to watch a game at a bar. I want to sit at home and concentrate and stress myself out <laughs> watching the game. So the Cubs, of course, lose to the Astros. I'm like, damn it. So if the Giants beat the Rockies, they're in. The Cubs are out and the Giants are in. But Nephi Perez, of all people, hits a homer. The Rockies beat the Giants. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a tie. Right. The Cubs are going to play in a one game playoff. So I'm sitting at home all excited because I'm like, holy cow. So technically they're in the playoffs. Right. They hadn't been since 89. I'm sitting at home. Laura comes home and she's like, ah, we couldn't get tickets. And then she's like, or could we? Pull <laughs> out a ticket for me. I, I didn't think of, I didn't even dream of getting tickets. So I guess her, Oaken, and John Kachukas went down to Wrigley randomly after the watching the game in the bar and seeing that the Cubs made this one-game playoff. And some guy randomly offered them tickets or sold them to him. Amazing. So... Me, Oaken, and John Kachukas got each got a ticket. Standing room only. We go. <laughs> so we're we're on a ramp. And I, this is what I told myself. I said, don't eat, don't drink. I wanted to absorb every minute of it. Right. So I sat on the ramp with both of them, watched a whole game, never got up. Yeah. There was uh there was a girl sitting by us with like a couple of her friends and she was talking to us and stuff and enjoying the game. And these other guys came up and like went in front of us and she goes to them, excuse me. She didn't even know us. Shoot them out of the way. And I was like, you know, we're all like, thank you. Thank you. And that game was crazy because Loud, first of all. Of course. I mean, everybody was super excited and nervous. And I, I looked up the box score today. So our heroes were Gaetti hit a homer. Yep. Gary Gaetti, who was at the end of his career, had a wow. great month for the Cubs. Matt Mieske drove in two runs. And Steve Traxel, I, I totally remember how he pitched. He pitched six and a third innings. He walked six guys, right. but only gave up one hit. So he was basically in trouble every inning, but kept getting out of it. One thing I didn't remember, though, was 
The Giants scored three runs in the ninth. The Cubs were up five zip. And the Giants had three. Giants scored three runs in the ninth. So <laughs> I love, like, I remember, actually, I remember all these guys, actually. So after Traxel, they put in Karchner, Felix Heredia. Do you remember him? He was, like, their left-hand left specialist. Yep. One of those guys who come in for one batter. They brought in... They brought in Kevin Tappany, who was one of their best starters. I guess he actually gave up two runs. And I remember Oaken going, oh, he's not messing around because Riggleman put him in trying to finish out the game. But he didn't, you know, he gave up a couple runs. Mulholland came in and they had to bring Beck in, who was our closer. I remember that one. So, you know, it's tense. And I'm sitting there, you know, like I said, I haven't eaten, I haven't drank anything. And I'm like, please, for once. Can the Cubs <laughs> in a playoff game? And of course, Joe Carter comes up. I mean, they had they had some veterans. I mean, they had Bonds, who was obviously one of the best players in baseball. They had Ellis Burks. They had a pretty decent team. So yep. Joe Carter comes up, and this isn't peak Joe Carter by any means, but still, it's Joe Carter. He's he's a World Series hero. The guy who hit a walk off World Series, right? So you're like, oh my gosh, we're all sitting there. <laughs> so what happens? He pops up to Grace. Grace catches it. I remember it. Stadium goes crazy. Like everybody's high-fiving and just the best feeling in the world, especially after all that suffering I've had as a Cubs fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like me, we were all kind of, in shock, we couldn't believe they won. I mean, because me and Oaken and, and John went to Simon's afterwards, and I remember just being like, Did that really happen? Did we actually <laughs> win? The game? And you should have seen Grace after the game. Grace circled the entire Wrigley Field, and he was just like, <laughs> And uh, I remember uh, Rod Beck was like one of the most popular uh, relievers, like in the history of uh. Of the Cubs. Yeah, we've we've had they've had a really good history of closers, though. Yeah. Bruce Souter, Lee Smith, Beck, Randy Myers. Yep. Borowski was the like 2003 Borowski, who had never been good. He's on the Indians, though, right? I remember Borowski. Did he have a good season on the Indians? He had the guts of a burglar. The guy had nothing. Yeah, he was he was great on the Cubs. He got some of the biggest outs ever. He got because saved. that was 2003, we actually won a playoff series. That was the first playoff series we'd won when we beat the Braves. And part of it was because Borowski was a really good closer. Yeah. And, yeah, the Cubs and Wade Davis we've had. and Electric. Chapman. And we've had, we've had some great closers. Yep. But that was – that's probably my favorite, actually being at Wrigley Field memory. It was – Incredible. And it's funny, though, because like Kevin and Colin will talk about the Montero one. Right? Right. That would be great at that game because I remember watching it on TV and you just felt like the stadium was shaking. <laughs> Explosion. Yeah. Night game. Were they going to win? And uh, that was like a no doubter. That was unbelievable. Yeah. The only that on TV. The only other playoff game I went to was Dan got me tickets. He came into town, and me and him went to the Dodgers series in 2017. 
Oh. We actually went to the one game they won in that series because uh, Baez hit two homers. Yep. Contreras hit a homer. And then it was Jake Dunsing and Wade Davis. They only have two runs. So I actually saw the one one win we got in the NLCS that year. That was really fun. Brian went to that game too. We didn't know he went, but and his favorite player is Baez. So he got to go to the playoff game and Baez hit two Baez hits two home runs. Yeah. Javi. Yeah, those were the have you ever gone to any? One. One playoff game. And it was the series. It was the very disappointing year. They they had an amazing regular season. They had Aramis Ramirez, Derek Lee, um, and uh, but they were a they were a flame uh, they were a flame out in the uh, playoffs against, and they lost to the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Joe, I think Joe Torre was their manager at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of the year. It was the it was the year where. Uh, and this wasn't the game we were at, but it was a game. At, it was the uh, game two or whatever, where the Cubs committed like two or three errors in the same inning. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, I forget the year. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the game we went to. Um, uh, we went. I think we went to the first game, and they were up. And then, man, I remember Manny Ramirez hit a home run that he basically looked like he golfed it. I mean, the pitch was the pitch was literally in the dirt, and Ramirez, I mean, he he golfed it. It was a yeah. golf swing, and the ball went out to like straightaway center. Yeah. Dempster was Dempster was pitching that game, and uh, I believe there's two outs, two on, and Ramirez golfs this home run, and you just feel the air just coming out of Wrigley. Um, and uh, yeah, that was not a good feeling but that was the only playoff game that i've been to at wrigley because up until then it was incredible like yeah 2007 they only won 85 games 2007 they only won 85 games so that was a diamondbacks 2008 though that's when we thought they won 97 games that year they were a great team they didn't win one playoff game yeah that was really disappointing 2007 i think you're more like oh we're kind of almost lucky to be here because you only won 85 games lou pinello was the manager yeah, but 2008, you thought, all right, maybe we can do it this year. And also, just, also Pinella. They got the seven to two, ten to three, and three to one. And that's, yeah. Was, yeah, that was that was rough. The uh, the second game was the rough one. We were at Chiefs watching it. I remember. Chief yeah, Pinella. I remember. I remember because Oaken's band was playing. Yeah, <laughs> and I think him and Corey looked at me because I was like. No. Oh, Laura. <laughs> I they get the Cubs game up here and they're trying to play their. I know. Uh, and we're all like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> they're sad, oh. bro. <laughs> like, this is the worst. <laughs> yeah. That's but, the only playoff game uh, that I've been to. Um, yeah, but 90, yeah, 98 is my favorite because that was, first of all, I, I never thought we'd get tickets and they won. Incredible. Do you have a uh, a memory of like this was hilarious, uh, like you know something on the field or like were you at? I'll give you an example. The one of my favorite memories of Wrigley is I was in college. I was a senior, and 
I got tickets to the Cubs game and my girlfriend at the time had never been to a major league baseball game. And I was like, Oh, let's go to a Cubs game. It's like, you got to go. You have to see Wrigley field. And uh, so she said, okay. So we go down and we sat in the bleachers and that was the night that Andre Dawson uh, was ejected. And I forget what, why he was ejected. I forget whether he was calling balls and strikes or what, but that was the night that after he was ejected, he ran to the dugout, went over to the bat rack, started flinging bats onto the field. Yeah, somebody else mentioned that. They're at the same game when that and happened. The, yeah. bleachers, <laughs> the bleachers went crazy where I was. I mean, like beer, soda, <laughs> hot dogs, popcorn, <laughs> flying, just everywhere. And my girlfriend at the time was like, this is unbelievable. I was like, isn't this great? Oh, I mean, this doesn't happen. This fact, this never happens. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we had one time in 84 when I weighed like 150 pounds. <laughs> Me and my friends were in the bleachers with our shirts off before the game. We'd get there early because we wanted, you know, we love the Cubs. So we wanted to see the batting practice and just hang out all day. Steve Trout sees us up there in the bleachers shirtless and he goes, Hey, where's the beef? <laughs> <laughs> very 80s moment <laughs> and i'm like hey i'm very strong what i love is when, when i watch those old 80s like when you see the the famous ryan sandberg game from the 84 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you look at shots of the crowd like no one's wearing a shirt there are no men yeah. Yeah. wearing shirts yeah imagine like you're going to wrigley field and like everyone is uh shirtless i mean mm -hmm. That's, uh, that's, that's how cool. it was. I didn't have my shirt on back then. I mean, you're getting a tan. It's a nice day. I mean, I had my shirt on. I had my shirt off on Jag Bags night, but that was because it was demanded. I do remember. All of our well-wishers said, take it off, Len. I remember Meryl Streep said, no high fives until that shirt comes off. Oh, she would have given me a high five no matter what. I mean, she relented. The woman's insane for high fives, Beef. She, re she relented. I know. That was, <laughs> that was just talking. You were nice to accommodate her. Uh, Gulliver's do, you remember, do you remember your first Cubs game? What happened? I don't remember what happened, but I remember the feeling because it was it was a day game, and it was September of eighty seven, mm -hmm. and I had just gotten to the Chicagoland area. So I was a freshman in college and my dorm had Cubs tickets. And, and I was like, Oh, cool. I'm, I'm on my own. I'm 18 and I am, uh, I'm going to make the Cubs my national league team. Mm -hmm. And I'll have the, the Indians will be my American league team. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I took the L down. That was very exciting. Cause I had never been into the city before. Mm -hmm. And so we did that whole thing. And uh, I, I forget who they were playing, but I just remember going in cause my only frame of reference for a baseball stadium was Cleveland's municipal stadium, which you could get 90,000 people in there. I know. That's why we went twice on our baseball trip. And 
just so there was cool. always a seat available there. Oh my God. Yeah. That was, was a football it, stadium. It was a football stadium. They were terrible. Mm-hmm. And so they would play for like nine, 10,000 people. It was like nobody. Mm-hmm. So you just, you're playing in this empty cavern where you can hear everything that's going on on the field. You can hear the manager shouting at the yeah. players. Mm-hmm. And of course the ushers couldn't have cared less. You sit wherever you want. Yeah. And uh, so, but I remember walking into Wrigley, we had bleacher seats. And I remember walking to Wrigley and being like, this field is so small. Like this yeah. is tiny. Mm-hmm. But that's, no, it was the municipal was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that this was like, plus, I mean, I think a lot of 70 stadiums were like oversized. Mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and i think a lot of them have starting with camden yards because camden yards their capacity was smaller than most stadiums and then that became the trend yeah but that is my my memory of my first cubs game was thinking this is incredible because it's so tiny there's not a bad seat i'm in the bleachers i don't feel like i'm a billion miles away right yeah I'm like right. I'm in the bleachers, and I feel like I'm right on top of the action. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like just blown away by the dimensions of the park, and like, wow, this is like no wonder this stadium is so popular because it's just so it's so tiny and small. And plus, it's great. It's a beautiful day. Everyone's drinking beer. Um, I don't know how Chaz got busted for underage drinking because. <laughs> Like no problem, and I at the time I was eighteen. But at that time, I, I think like, he poured a beer on PK Wrigley. That's what happened. Probably, yeah, he probably did. Mm-hmm. At the time, I looked like I was eleven years old. So I was like, I don't yeah. understand how anyone can get busted for underage drinking. But yeah. that's just me. So my uh, that that's really my memory of my first Cubs game. Um, my my first game. So when I was growing up, I was sports fanatic. That's why I know. I feel like I know every baseball player played in the seventies, almost every football player. Yeah. And my uncle would come over. He'd bring me Sports Illustrated because he had a subscription. So right. he'd come over every couple months ago and bring me a stack, and I would read them all. And he started taking me to Cubs games because he knew I liked sports so much. So we would take the Irving Park bus. So the first game I went to, <laughs> I'm six years old, and they played the Mets. So the Mets were good then. It was 72. Right. So they'd won the World Series in 69, and in 73, they made the World Series again. They lost the A's that year. Yeah. And it's Bert Hooten, who he might have even been a rookie, pitching for the Cubs and Tom Seaver pitching for the Mets. Awesome. So what happens? The Cubs pound Seaver. They score eight runs off him. Bert Hooten, the pitcher, hits a grand slam. Dave Rosello hits a home run. And he he was the mighty Dave Rosello. Dave Rosello, who probably hit like three homers his whole career. Right. Jose Cardinal hits two homers. Billy Williams hits a homer. So it's the I think it was like the bottom of the seventh. The Cubs are winning 16 to 5. And my uncle says, All right, we gotta leave. I'm like, what? 
and started crying. I'm like, we can't leave. You know, <laughs> they end up winning 18 to five. I cried the whole way home. And my uncle tells my parents, he goes, we are never leaving the game early again. <laughs> and he didn't. I mean, I used to go with them up until it was like, you know, high school even. And we never, we never left. We stayed for a whole game. No. I remember we watched a, a doubleheader against the Astros in like 100 degree heat, but we watched all 18 innings. Warriors. Yeah. I mean, I was just such a huge fan. And can you imagine that's the first game? And well, <laughs> they pound a Hall of Fame pitcher. It wasn't, I, I think Willie Mays probably was on the Mets at that time, if I remember. He might have been. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that's pretty cool. Super exciting first game yeah we went there yeah he'd always take me maybe a couple times a year always took the bus and uh you know the other thing too is that you see like some of the great players of the game like you saw barry bonds Mm -hmm. you know seaver you know albert pujols um i know I saw Pujols hit two home runs and we left before we could hit his third. We, we, he hit his third while we were walking out. And I, uh, Lean and I were, and I was like, on the radio, like Albert Pujols has hit his third home run. I'm like, God, so sad we didn't see it <laughs> leaving. Uh, but I, like, wrote, um, I wrote down, I had like a few other ones I could talk about. So, Speaking of like having to leave early, I think this was, it was either for, I don't know if it was altar boys or patrol. I was like 11 years old. What's cool now is you can Google the day and find out what exactly happened. Oh, that's funny. You yeah, can't yeah. because that's how I got all these stats about the, about the game. Cause I, my very first game, I thought we left when it was 16 to four, but it was 16 to five. So my memory has been corrected. Right. But there was this other game. So 1977. And they probably like, well, we have to get these kids home by a certain time. Ended up being extra innings. I think both pitchers had a no hitter up for the first six innings. Scoreless duel. And we had to leave. I'm like, damn it. We got to leave? Bottom of the 11th, George Mitterwald hits a double. And then I think there might have been two more guys got on base. Base is loaded. Jerry Morales, who's like a power hitter, squeeze bunt. Pinch runner Mick Kelleher scores. We hear it on the bus. We hear it on our bus going back. Yes, Jerry Morales. The the Cubs won on a squeeze bunt. (laughs) (laughs) One to nothing. So yeah, and that's that when they wore those those seventies Cubs uniforms too, which are they need to bring back. Yeah, that was very memorable. And yeah, I never I never want to go home. I'm still like that as, as long as I'm not dressed. As long as I'm dressed properly, I don't want to go. Yeah. Home. Well, I mean, you never know. I mean, it's like, hey, you're here, and I always feel like. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'll always come back, but like, still, like, you have to soak it in. You have to take it, take in the, you know. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great place to watch a baseball games. The, 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 that's the that's the bottom line. 
Yeah, I mean, when, if when the weather is good, you you'd be like, I don't care if this game's six hours, right? I can just sit here and enjoy it the whole time. Absolutely. But um, some other notable games, and it, there's always like, <laughs> I mean, almost every you're always with. I mean, you're always with somebody too. It's like I've never gone to a Cubs game by myself, right? Somebody. So I always have that memory of a friend or family member you were with. Yep. Like a couple times at my birthday, I remember one year. I don't remember what the game was, what happened in the game, but right, I was sleeping and, and Laura wakes me up. I walk downstairs and Kevin O'Reilly's waiting for me. Right. He's got a balloon. <laughs> Laura got us tickets to the game. And then there was another day, Joe Ruckoff got me tickets on my birthday. And Frank Castillo pitched eight innings. Frank Castillo only gave up one earned one unearned run. It was one of the fastest games ever. Two hours, 19 minutes. I think wow. they won six to one. I remember being like, this is we had great seats too. There you might have been box seats. So and uh that was that was excellent. Did was Castillo the guy that one time took a no-hitter into the ninth at Wrigley? Yeah, yeah. That was Castillo. And uh, I think Gilkey or somebody for the Cardinals yeah. got a hit. Because when I was Googling it today, that kept coming up. Frank Castillo. We were, at Wave- no hitter and we were at Waveland Bowl uh, with Oaken and Nick and uh, watching that on. And, and we're like, because if and uh, Oaken was like, if Castillo pitches a no hitter, the north side is his. <laughs> He is two outs away. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. I remember Chuck Rainey was one out away, and Eddie Miller got a double off of him. <laughs> but uh, just a couple other ones, too, of note. Not that there hasn't been tons of them. I mean, any game, any of those recent games, like 2015, 2016, those are so exciting when the Cubs right. were really good. Yeah. I think I saw Bodie. Bodie won a game with a bases loaded walk. Hayward hit a, of all people hit a game winning homer at one of the games I was at. But a, a couple other ones, not from that era. I saw <laughs> opening day, ninety four. I'm there with Oaken and Dan and Nick and everybody. Tuffy Rhodes hits three homers off Dwight Gooden. Oh, classic! But the Cubs lose. 12 to 8. <laughs> Classic. And then another one that the Cubs lost was this was in 2000. Glenn Allen Hill hit the most incredible home run I've ever seen. I was, and I had the perfect viewpoint because I was in the left field foul line. He hit that on the roof across the street. Yeah. Incredible. Of course. They that was like that was a they lost 14 to 8 that day. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll never I'll never forget that homer. That was an absolute no believe it. Crazy. I, like, I think I think Laura was at that game with me and, and I went, that's cool. <laughs> he hit it immediately. You knew it was. And then I'm like, oh my I think that's still the longest home run ever hit at Wrigley, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It was a monster shot. That's a that's like a historic game. That's like a legendary. Yeah, yeah. 
but that's again, I mean, everything that's a game just, people still talk about. Mm -hmm. But the, uh, but that's another thing about Wrigley. It's like the passing it on to generations, even and my kids like going, even though they're not baseball fans. Yeah, and like yesterday, Henry went. He's taking pictures on his phone. He videotaped, I mean, he videoed on his phone the take me out to the ball game. Yeah. He's like, well, what's happening here? I'm like, well, it might be Wilson Contreras' last game. So they're all clapping for him. So he's he's videoing that. Right. And the game I went to Derby with this year, they won. And <laughs> we're sitting there and She's like, she's looking around like, what's going on? And like, well, they won. And everybody's saying, go Cubs, go. And she walks, because we're sitting by the broadcasting booth. So we walk down and she she walks up over by the railing and she goes, should we stay? <laughs> I'm like, sure, we can stay. And she was just super excited. She's like, this is great. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's really fun when they win. I mean, it's fun just to go, but when they win, it's even better. Well, when they win, then the ballpark is electric. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why I was really impressed with the crowd yesterday. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Cubs aren't – they didn't have a good season. They had a good second half. But I just felt like everybody – like I said, everybody's happy to be there. Cubs won. And, uh, you know, hope springs eternal. It's kind of the, hey, we had a good second half. Let's keep it going. You know, you didn't roll over and they avoided, they, you know, I think they're going to avoid a 90 loss season. So, you know, you can see some yeah, bright mean, spots and that's like the eternal optimist, you know, and the and that's cool to be a part of. Yeah. And it's a likable group of guys now. Yeah. You know, Samson's 31. Listen, I thought he was a, I thought he was like a young guy, but he is like a boss. Yeah, but I mean, I watching the Cubs this year. I mean, I know Hayward's not on our team anymore, but he once he stopped playing, I didn't, I liked watching all these guys play. Mm -hmm. They all gave good effort. That I mean, there wasn't a lot of like, what is this guy swinging at? And they right. seem like they the fundamentals are better, and you know, maybe next year. Maybe they're going to be in the thick of it. I'm not saying World Series, but maybe they're going to be even more competitive next year. I love maybe it. I love couple, it. Maybe get a couple free agents. I really like Ross as a manager. and Yeah, Ross uh, really uh, proved his mettle, I thought, this year. You know, yeah. no, never a head-scratching move or anything that made you go, what? So, you know, definitely a guy with good feel for the game. He's a catcher. So, um, but yeah, also what, a journey. Brian, Brian thinks that's why he, uh, the Cubs pitcher pitching has been so good because Ross knows how to manage the rotation and all that. Cause it really was, I think the last 10 games, their ERA was 1.7. Obviously that's, that's impressive. Obviously, they played a team that was in contention for the playoffs and swept them. You know, Brian knows nothing. 
<laughs> Obviously, it's Jan Gomes that is oh, that's all right. the difference. Mm -hmm. uh, not Wilson Contreras, but ever since Jan Gomes has become the catcher. Exactly. Uh, yeah. David Ross has nothing to do with this. Right. So do you have do you have a number one memory, Beef? I don't know if you said a, like what your number one was. Mine's the wild card game. What's your number one in person memory? Uh my number one. So there's a there's a few. There's the Andre Dawson game. That was amazing. Um there was uh a game where uh we went sitting in the bleachers and they're playing the Phillies, and John Cruck was playing right field. And we were just letting Cruck have it. I mean, we were just going, oh, we're going, Cruck sucks, Cruck sucks, Cruck. And he was in the, he was, he was banging his, uh, he was banging his left arm in time with our Cruck sucks, Cruck, like he was banging invisible drum. <laughs> so he was keeping time with us. And, uh, but there was, a, <laughs> I think there was like a Phillies employee or someone who knew Kruk. Mm -hmm. And he came up to us and he goes, Hey, I'm like working on a documentary and uh, I know Kruk and uh, I'm going to, and he started feeding us lines and he goes, this, he goes, this will get him. And uh, one of them was an Andrew Dice Clay uh, routine. Unsurprisingly, John Kruk is a huge fan of Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> and, uh, and one of the lines was, Here's to you. I don't know what it's from. I probably don't want to know. Uh, but there's like four or five of us, and we all shouted at the top of our lungs, hey, Kruk, here's to you. And he absolutely <laughs> turned around. Like, Who is going? Who is that? He's we like, like cheered. <laughs> we were like, Whoa. that was awesome. And then Kruk's like, I was here two weeks ago, and there are a bunch of guys singing, my name is Ha Ha Rudy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that was so. That was really fun. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think that um. You know, we saw Mark Grace get his two thousand hit. That was neat. Um, nice round of applause. Um, after he got that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we saw. Uh, we were. You know, at the time. Now it seems like. Uh. But we were there during the great home run race mm -hmm. uh, between Sosa and McGuire. Yeah. And I forget what home run Sosa hit, but he I, it was late in the season. Mm -hmm. And he pulled even with McGuire and place went crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was very exciting. It was a it was a laser. It wasn't even a majestic shot. It was like a you know, like a total rocket into the uh, left field bleachers yeah and um but then matt meeski and guy were like don't worry so so we will have your back in the wild we'll, game we'll carry we'll care of you strike out a bunch <laughs> of time yeah now salsa actually had two hits in the wild card him and grace both had two hits in that game yeah um there are those are those are the main ones and then um the cubs hit I want to say four home runs in the first inning, including Zambrano. Zambrano mm -hmm. had a home run. Yeah. Uh, in the top of the first. And our sound engineer and peerless producer, Declan Beyer, was probably uh, maybe a year old and was 
crying and complaining so badly during that game. We had to leave. But I was like, well, the tickets were free, so I didn't feel that bad. Um, Otherwise, I would have been like, sorry, kid. You're staying all nine innings. I don't care how much you cry. Yeah. So never had to leave a game the first inning before. Um, But we did. But I was like, well, I don't feel bad. I saw four home runs in one inning. You know know how we were talking about the Montero game and how the stadium was shaking? It was like that in the 84 sometimes too, especially when I know there was at least a couple times I was there that the Jody Davis chant and he actually hit homers. No, plays plays just hurt bananas. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's such a great feeling. Right. Everybody's just into it and the Cubs are playing well. It's fantastic. It's better when they're, um, the, uh, the year after they won it, we went to a game in 2017 and it was early in the season and places packed and ready to go. Yeah. And, uh, and I believe, or maybe it was 2016. Maybe no, it was the World Series year because Arietta was still like considered the best. Well, I mean, 2015 they made the NLCS, and Arietta was in top form. That was that was Arietta's finest year. Yeah. In 2016, he was still amazing, but he wasn't as good as 2015. 2015, he was unhittable, almost dominant. Yeah. Um. So 16 was, he was still, but I remember Arietta took the mound and places like losing it. You know, when he's walking, I was like, wow, this guy. Um, The other uh, Wrigley Field um, memory I have um, is, and this was a, um, (laughs) it's not even a real game, but it was the game that uh, Michael Jordan played for the Sox Mm -hmm. at Wrigley. Yeah. Um, And he dropped two fly balls <laughs> and they booed him. I was like, how quickly they turned. <laughs> I would never have booed Jordan. Are you kidding me? But Jordan came up in the seven with two guys on and he doubled down the left field line mm-hmm. and they scored. And I, as God is my witness, I mean, that's probably as loud as I have ever heard Wrigley. Um, um, because they were like, Michael Jordan, he did it again. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty flipping loud. Well, that then Matt for stupid me, ex, for a stupid Matt means he then texted him and said, "Do it in a wild card game." <laughs> Matt Mieski, the true hero of the Chicago Cubs. Right. Those are my main memories. Yeah. But it was it's it was fun hearing from everybody. Yeah, just, just little things too, like getting a a malt cup and eating peanuts, and you know, just all the all the little things. And like yeah. I said, like I said, it was more about who you're with than the baseball game itself. Yeah, and the feeling. You know, someone said, you know, anything Harry Carey. We didn't even talk about. Oh Harry. yeah, Harry Carey. Yeah. Um, and then like just watching people saying, oh, I went and all they said was they're playing the big red machine and just naming all the great reds mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Who, who they just saw it at 
greatly. Like that's pretty great too. And of course, yeah. You know, and you see the kids at their first game, how excited they are, and if they get a ball, and just just all that, all that kind of stuff. I like I said the generational thing, right? Because you have little kids there, you have lifelong Cubs fans who have been going forever. Oh yeah tourists it's just it's just a, a big mix of generations yeah which is great mm-hmm. um well we want to thank everyone for uh submitting their memories and uh just another you know i don't know that we you know if, if i had said you know what are your favorite memories of Bush Stadium. I don't think we would have had the response that we got, or uh, you know, our the ballpark at Arlington. You know, that's just so. There's a something about Wrigley. Also, Diamond listeners, stick around. Once we're done recording this part, I'm going to go into an hour about the career of Matt Miski. So please remain in your seats. <laughs> Stay tuned. Keep it here for the Miski bags. That's coming next. What's uh what's the episode for uh, next week that our listeners can uh... we are going to be talking about the music and career of Elton John. Oh, that'll be a good one. Oh yeah. He's doing his farewell tour so that's going to be on lots of people's minds. Um so keep it here. We want to thank everyone for listening. Um please uh subscribe to us. We're on social media channels. We're on Facebook we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, please uh, subscribe to us. We are wherever fine podcasts are found. Just click that subscribe button. If you're so inclined, write us a review. Make it hashtag Jagbags. Um, please uh, let us know if there's a topic that you'd like to have us talk about here on the program. Just send us a note on uh, any one of our social media channels. And if we pick that topic, you the lucky listener, not only will you become automatically a diamond listener and all of the perks and privileges that go along with that status, but you will also get a free Jag Bags t-shirt. And who doesn't want a free Jag Bags t-shirt? Get with the times, join the millions, order your Jag Bags t-shirt today. Uh, thanks once again for listening tonight to our special Wrigley Field uh podcast this was a lot of fun we'll see you next week and until then when you're ready to listen put a little jag bags in your ear